Live from the Motor City all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Reckless Speculation Podcast. I am your host, kind of, I guess for 25% of the way tonight, I am Tom. Uh, the other guys are going to chime in here just a bit. A uh, little bit of news coming out of NCAA this week uh, with the court hearing between uh, the volunteers, uh, Robbie's volunteers, and uh, the NCAA over their NIL deal. So we're going to hit on that. Um, some craziness in Wake Forest last week with uh, the fans there storing in the court and uh, Duke Star Center getting hurt. Um, is it time to maybe outlaw storing the court, or is that just part of the game? We're going to hit on that as well. Uh, of course, can't have a show without talking about NFL. Uh, we got the salary cap raising, so we're going to discuss which teams kind of benefit the most out of that. And uh, on top of that, we have free agency coming up and uh, some rumors coming out of both Chicago and Minnesota, which uh, is definitely news to my ears in the NFC North with the Lions. And then uh, we're going to close out with a crazy finish last week in NASCAR with Atlanta with Daniel Suarez coming in with his first uh, uh, Cup Series win. Uh Three wide at the finish, man, that was wild. So Robbie and I are probably going to talk about that because God knows the other guys don't want to hear about it. But uh, we're going to start in here with uh, the rest of the crew. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Robbie Davis. Robbie, what's up, my friend? I am doing fantastic. I'm on no sleep. I went to the Tennessee-Auburn game last night. As you can see in my logo in Dalton, I trust what a performance, 39 points. He was on fire. Um, great atmosphere, little sleep, depositions all day today, but happy to be here. Adulting is uh, it's a bit of a drag from time yes. to time, but uh, Brandon Chain, uh, I, you probably weren't in depositions all, all day and you weren't at the Tennessee game, but uh, how you doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, some of the meetings could have, could lead to depositions after I had today. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, no, it's everything's good. All good. A uh, little exhausted. It's been a, been a long week so far, but uh, looking forward to this show for sure. We got some exciting topics. You know, being a dead time this year. So, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be a great show. For sure. For sure. And. As we were speaking pre-show, today is February 29th, 2024. Leap year. Once every it is, four it is leap Once day. Once every four years, yes. Raj makes it on time. And the one and only Raj Meta is in the building for show start. Raj, what's up? Like Rob said, it's like the fucking Olympics, bro. Like once every four years it happens, and then <laughs> I'll see you on March 1st. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're glad to have you, and and 
like I said, I'm going to do about 25% of the show. And then the aforementioned Raj is going to take over. But with that being said, and I know my wife's on the other side of the wall, probably cringing as I say that, we're starting off with Robbie's and Raj's wheelhouse here. Tennessee versus NCAA. NCAA tried to kind of stick it to Tennessee with putting caps on what they can do, what they couldn't do, NIL. Tennessee said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to play that, Jack. And they took them to court. And um, it seems like the judge ruled in their favor. So, Raj, I'll start with you. Give us a quick kind of rundown of the scenario, what happened and what you know and, and what the verdict really was. Um, you know, basically the NIL rules are an ever-evolving thing. And for those that don't know, students are now allowed to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. Um, and, and it is sort of based upon their value, if you will. Um, for example, with the new EA Sports games, they can opt in. Um Essentially, what the NCAA is saying is that cannot be used as an inducement towards recruiting new players to come here, thereby creating unfair competition where the big boys have enough money to throw at 18-year-olds who have never even proved themselves on the field. As of now, they require a letter of intent signed, uh, some sort of participation in you know, practices, fall practices, spring, I believe, uh, among other things. Tennessee got caught with their hand in the cookie jar again. They rightfully stated that really what we all know, that the NCAA is a fucking joke. And and really what they said is that um, you know they filed a restraining order injunction just to stop the NCAA from saying or doing anything and said the NCAA is – defending this world that doesn't exist, that's not regulated, essentially saying, who the hell are they anyways? What do they do and when and why? Um, at that point, you know, the, the NCAA denied, you know, both of those sort of uh, statements, if you will. Um, I, I can't recall the actual adjudication. I think it was on Valentine's Day or the day before. But you know, really, it came down to Nico from uh, Long Beach, California, and getting eight mil in advance. And, um, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a slippery slope, but it's an undefined slope. But really, you know, the NCAA states, they prohibit NIL uh, compensation to protect amateurism, competition, and athletes. And, and if you can just throw money out to get kids to go wherever, it may not be a great fit. And they called it, quote, coercive contracts or coercive measures. Um, and, and Tennessee, who just got hit with uh, 8 mil, 200 violations, just right before that, $8 million fine, which is actually a lot for what they got hit for under Pruitt. Um, you know, they, in a sense, they cheated. I know they went ahead to Nico. I, I've talked to some people. I'm not putting that on a message board, which means I'm not as full of shit as most. But um, it's one of those, it happens everywhere. But yeah, it's it's dangerous. And, and we'll get into this. I want to hear your guys' takes because pretty soon it's just going to be, you know, one class of, uh, you know, 10 schools that have the money to compete and the rest, fuck them. 
Yeah. Rob, Robbie, you know, you're the, you're the resident volunteer fan here and that this affects your, you know, your, your school that, 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 you know, you're a graduate from. And, and, and for me, the NCAA was all over my Michigan Wolverines. So I, I, I can get a sense how you feel about the situation. Where does Tennessee kind of stand in this um, after this verdict? Let me hear what you have to think. Um, yeah. So there's lots to unpack here. Uh, one, Tennessee is going to be the hero school on two fronts. One, they're the hero school for the universities and also, they have given the NCAA an off-ramp. Whether they choose to take it or not, we will shall see. And I'll get to that, but I want to talk about Tennessee first. Um, so Raj is correct in some, incorrect in some. So the basis of this violation was a the Tennessee Collective, this NIL conglomerate, went to Nico and said, hey, if you come to Tennessee, we'll give you this and blah, 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 $8 million, whatever it was. Then NCAA said it's against the rules for you to negotiate NILs before you're a student at until you're enrolled at a school. The equivalent of that would be, hey, I want to interview with a coaching position. I like what you have, but I, we can't talk salary until I sign a contract. Well, that's a violation of fair trade. And so that obviously is unconstitutional. So that they, the NCAA was dead on arrival as like, and so the reason the NCAA is lucky. So they got an injunction. So basically Tennessee got a temporary restraining order, a temporary injunction, but the judge was very clear. And when you grant these temporary injunctions, you, you have to make findings of fact that say, I'm granting this injunction, meaning this t pause in what you're asking for, because you are unlikely to win at trial. So the judge went out of his way to say, "You NCAA, you are unlikely to win at trial. Thus, you're hurting student athletes while this case is pending." Now this gets me to the, the off ramp. So the NCAA has an off ramp. They can say, "Look, we have lost NIL deal. We have." law we, we we just we had years figured out we messed it up but we can now say your nil collectives whatever your boosters want to do they do their own thing they they we can't control them because the still the judge said the ncaa has no juris jurisdiction over a non-party in the ncaa membership meaning boosters they cannot control boosters so the ncaa can say these are sports control. collectives they're not boosters and I, mean, I, mean, I would argue something different but go ahead no no they're boosters collectives whatever you want to call them either way they're not members of the institution so the ncaa cannot control them however the ncaa if they can get their act together fast enough they can control the members so what they can do is NCAA can say, all right, it's okay to pay players. It's okay to do what it, sponsorships. It's okay to do whatever. However, coaches directly cannot do it. And so they can say, we are just going to monitor the coaches. Coaches can't pay for play. Boosters can pay whatever they want to pay. 
but coaches can't. So we still have a function. We still have a lifeline of saying we can control the coaches, which also benefits the coaches. Cause what do we hear about Nick Saban, uh, different chip Kelly, different coaches leaving the the Boston college coach, leaving a head coach job for office coordinator. We're tired of dealing with this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Let them let, let the coaches say, Hey, I can't offer you money. Tell, tell these guys what you want, see if they can come up with it. And so it also, it helps the coach. This is the only Avenue I see the NCAA surviving is something like let's agree to the rules. Let's take the coaches out of paying players the coaches out of doing McDonald's bags, which was famous in Tennessee. Um, no, no more tattoo parlors with, with Ohio State. No more houses with Reggie Bush. No more cheeseburgers in, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah, cheeseburgers in Ann Arbor. Take let the coaches just say, "I can't do it, but someone else can." I can point you to the exact people yeah. that can help you. Who and better that, to assess them than coaches? And the initial argument and response by Tennessee attorney Tom Mars had said that. Uh, you know, this is merely evaluation, regardless of the chosen school where this individual could go, just so he understands essentially what his value may be, his rights, etc. And to put it in chain perspective, that's like saying this 4,500 square foot house is this amount. And we're not considering Los Angeles on the beach versus northern Mississippi. You know, it was a bullshit response to that. And the law is entirely unregulated in that. And an injunction was what was going to happen, because really, what are the grounds to say otherwise, based on what the NCA is and its positioning? Um, you know, the Sherman antitrust law, for those that don't know, basically says that um, generally it is it against unreasonably uh, restraining trade. Um, and you could throw a lot of shit under that, and, and it's kind of just mucks up the situation more, but. One thing the NCAA said, which I agree with, is that these conversations should occur after the player enrolls with this day with the transfer portal and that type of uh, of flexibility. Um, you know, and, and and maybe that will be the case. Nico, God forbid, blows out something, never plays again, and the Tennessee collective boosters leave lose fifty million. You know, then then I guarantee you regulation will come to protect them because that's where the money is. So, um, you know, it's like a Sean Watson contract at, at this point, you, you know, an unproven player dictating the market based on what a school is willing to pay for. Yeah. And, 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 and one more thing real quick is like there's the practicality thing of things that um, – there's 50 states, and there's probably, at least in basketball, there's 330-something Division One programs in football. I think there's 117 or whatever. That's 117 legal departments versus one. The schools can bankrupt the ACC on legal fees alone. NCAA. NCAA alone, if they choose to. Tennessee and Virginia are going to get close alone. Add Florida, add Texas, add California. NCAA is going down. Bankrupt the NCAA on legal fees. Yeah. Well, let's one quick thing. Let's not, you know, dodge the elephant in the room here. The NCAA opened up this can of worms. Oh, yeah, sure they, they did. did this to themselves, right? And now they're trying if to backtrack they, 
and grab at any string they can and, and have some type of control and presence when, you know, the bus is gone, like it's leaving them right now. And they're lucky, like you said, if they, if they can get their shit together, then maybe they can still play and make a profit and claim to have hold over college football. Otherwise, all they have is a March Madness. I mean, well, that's Brandon. Brandon, that's, that, that's a great point. Imagine if there was no Reggie Bush inve- investigation, no Ohio State va- investigation. Like, what if they just sat back and collected their money and like mm-hmm. just didn't do anything and just sat there and be like, yeah, eh, we don't do anything, but hey, we're getting rich. Last we, thing I'll tell you is, exactly. The district court judge Corker of, of uh, the Eastern District of Tennessee was nominated by Trump. So this is not exactly a flat, uh, unbiased, uh, on an island ruling, if you will. I'm not inferring anything, but I I think it was a great monumental move by Tennessee to take this step. Uh, Most states wouldn't have done that, except maybe some more collegiate areas. And so in that sense, I think it's unprecedented, and, and it really is going to put, you know, the whatever metaphor analogy you want pedal to the metal whatever it is we're going to find out what the ncaa is made of literally and figuratively well brandon i'll stick with you on this one here do you see any scenario where the ncaa kind of appeals this maybe goes to no head top notches i i saw i read somewhere earlier today that you know it wasn't off the table that they would take this to congress um, and, 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 and kind of a, uh, an offshoot of that as well. Um, do you want to see the government getting involved in some sort of, uh, uh, coming up with some kind of regulation when Hell it comes right. to any NIL and NCAA? I'll stop you there. The, the government, the government is antitrust that like, already is. we do not need government involved in college sports and entertainment. Like get out of here with that. That's crazy. If if government gets involved, I'll I'll turn it off and won't watch it. Hey, yeah. Tennessee is using the government as the Sherman Antitrust Act. That's man, but look, I get you know in civil suits that's fine, but they that's the only leg they had to stand on against you know supposedly the higher power, which you know yeah, shot yeah. themselves in the foot in this situation, right? Yeah, ten- Tennessee's the plaintiff. They're saying they've been done wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there's there's Tom's no, asking if the NCAA would be the plaintiff. These like, NIL rules are so broad and so vague. There's no there's no restrictions on them. You can't just come in and start pulling strings at people that you know found a loophole and went around it, and then all of a sudden try and blame them and act like you're the big you know end all say all. Like it doesn't work that way. You you lost when you when you release the NIL deals with. No restrictions, basically. You lost everything. They had restrictions, though. That's why Tennessee is the one suing, because they fucking violated No, 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 no. They no. didn't. No, 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 no. That, no, they didn't violate it, because no, there was no rules. They didn't violate anything. That's the whole point of them there's losing. No, there's no rules on that. There were guidelines, yes. No, quote, rules. Right. But it so, wasn't so about... The NCAA lost, because they tried to enforce something that wasn't in place. Like, they just... They were like, oh shit, we lost the ball, and then we're trying to enforce something that's not enforceable. And it's like, yeah, you can't do that. 
Yeah. The best thing they can do is Tennessee got their hands in the cookie jar, and then they said, oh, wait, antitrust. No, 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 Tennessee didn't get their hands in the cookie jar. They didn't. They didn't violate any rule. You you want to tell me there was not called out. As soon as as soon as NIL came out, you would tell me there's no other school that went out and pursued student athletes in Virginia, but that's it. Shit tons of money. No, no, no. Raj, what what they rule did, did Tennessee break? They did it as an enticement. I would no, too. No, no, Why would you not? Didn't, no, Tennessee, Tennessee did not. That's how no, you get the time. And that's what their NCAA is the legend that that's what Tennessee did. No, no, and in no, that case, no, 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 NCAA all is alleging before that they even a get group there, of boosters pay you can Nico. just throw money at them. Yeah, that, that's not against the rules. There are no rules. Under the Sherman Anti Trade Act. No, no, no. Believe, no, 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 no. That's the, the Sherman the Antitrust law. Act is what Tennessee is using. That's what I'm saying. Right. But so Tennessee NBA didn't NBA. break any rules because there are no rules to be broken. No, they, they did have a, I mean, they had an interim policy that they adopted. And no, no, they, no, 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 they didn't. There was no policy. There were guidelines. There was one on June 30th, 2021, but yeah, there are guidelines. Yeah, but again, we're just getting into the weeds, but right, right. But, but, but no, there's, a, there's a reason why the NCAA lost the case and they're going to lose this case again because they're in the wrong. So they tried, I, they tried to flex and then someone called them out on it. Legally, there is not enough set for the NCAA to prevail. I agree, but this is in court for a reason. They were. Sanctioned for a reason, or at least called out as a violation of these guidelines. Took them to court. That's why I said this is good because we're going to find out what the NCAA is made of. But I think it's wrong to throw twenty million at a kid out in front before wrong or right. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's completely illegal. Yeah, there's a reason why. Soon as Tennessee filed suit, everyone was like, "NCAA, cower down now because this is not going to end well." Yeah, so, I mean that's we've talked about this before when the NIL came up. Like it's going to come down to the people with money, the schools with yeah. money, unless they put a cap on this thing and you know either divide it up in like top tier, second tier, third tier, like people with money. It's gonna happen. Like, and that's that's where I was getting at with the NCAA running to you know the government trying to put a cap on things and trying to get them to force their hands. With it, which I think would be an absolute disaster. I think that would that would take us back. But uh, to put a bow on this real quick, and I and I emphasize on real quick, is this the beginning of the end of the NCAA, Robbie? It's the beginning of the end of NCAA football. NCAA football will end within the next five years. Okay. Brandon. I'm leaning that way as well. I also could see a scenario where um, the son got bigger than the dad and kind of just stay in your place scenario. Yeah. Makes sense. Raj, what, what do you think uh, this, this spells doom for the future of the NCAA? The NCAA is not the law. The NCAA is not above the law. And when it comes to the law, it is not on their side because they are basically floating in the wind. 
and yes, I agree with Rob that we will not lose the competition and the sport, but the organization will continually prove to be in effect powerless. Uh, Tom, quick question for you. Also quick. And and this is all, maybe I'm the only one fascinated by this, but I, I think I am, but does the NFL start to take notice and what I mean, like, do they feel threatened with this? If there is a hypothetical amateur or or just an alternative NFL league, do they start to feel threatened? And the other question is, are there enough? Because there's only there's, – there's, there's, so I asked for a short answer. I'm asking a long question. There's only 32 billionaires that own NFL teams. Yeah. What if there's 32 more billionaires that want to own college football teams? Well, I I mean, I think you look at and the scenario that we're going to talk about here, a little foreshadowing, the NFL just abruptly raises the salary cap by 30 million. I I think that kind of plays a role in how college football is, is, is being laid out at the moment. These, these kids are, they're staying, they're going to stay and they're going to make a mint. So I, yeah, I think the NFL is paying attention. In theory, Jeff Bezos could buy the big 10, the sec and create a league. And, and if you, if you look at kind of the direction we're, we're headed towards with a super league, which, you know, I agree with all of you. I think within five years, the NCAA, when it comes to football, won't have a say in the situation at all. So I think when you look at the potential money maker in a, in a super conference of, you know, even if it's just SEC and Big Ten, there's so much money involved. So there's no question that the NFL is is, is paying attention and, and, and already coming up with ways to kind of, you know, trump that, so to speak. So so they're not affected. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the NCAA is in trouble. I think they 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 may have gotten away with the Michigan situation, but when you have multiple schools that have have a, have a case, and they're coming after them, I I don't think it's gonna it's gonna end well for them. If, if Michigan's attorney general is not looking at Tennessee's pleading right now and being like, I, I wish oh, you would, sure. yeah, yeah, there's no question. Dana Nessel, who is a uh, a Michigan girl, she's definitely paying attention. There's there's. There's no question about it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is unfolding. This is this is uh, definitely a fluid situation. But uh, we are going to transition over. But first, we are going to do something that we haven't done in quite some time, and we need to. So we will be right back. Have you or someone you know been involved in an accident, is about to go through a divorce, or needs to file bankruptcy? There's only one law firm to call, Davis, Kessler & Davis. Whether in Chattanooga, Winchester, or anywhere else in the volunteer state, they are the preferred law firm that gets results. Call them today at 423-267-7000 or visit them online at daviskessler.com. Are you thinking of building your dream house or maybe remodeling your existing residence? Look no further than C&W Construction. 
They are the premier home construction company in the greater Nashville area. Whether a new build or backyard oasis, they can get it done. Become the envy of all your friends and neighbors. Call C&W Construction at 931-636-3535 and get started today. Raj, easy does it. F the police. You're on, my friend. I was listening to that earlier and just like, this is just sheer poetry. (laughs) It would be canceled this day and age. And I have a nine-year-old and I was about 11 when I was listening to NW straight out of content and easy does it. But I was a much more mature 11-year-old than my nine-year-old. But no, um, we're, we're transitioning here. And one transition I, I want to note before we get into the legal things again is that the NCAA, when they did do their uh, NIL deals, basically said it's up to the state in, you know, as long as it do- doesn't violate state law that basically some shit can go down. And it's the same way with what we're going to talk about next, because certain conferences have different theories on this, and it's storming the court. And I wanted to do, I don't know where Tom went, because I figured he'd be more positive, or or Rob, one of you guys take a pro, and one of you guys take the con. To And, and specifically, we're referring to Wake Forest the other night, defeating Duke, storming the court like I've never seen that many nerds run that fast. And Kyle Filipowski, Duke's best player and most marketable player and highest NIL player, uh, supposedly getting injured to some extent. We don't know, but. I'll take the pro. I want to hear the pro first. Brandon, um, the pro yeah, is that guy just reached out and tripped someone. Um he is what a seven foot dude that bangs around with 200 plus pound guys all day, never gets injured. And he's worried about, and I'm, I'm quoting, I think Callum call or Colin Cowherd or whatever said something, which really resonated with me. He's worried about, you know, Justin with a science major storming the court. That's five, eight and 164 pounds running into it. Like, come on. They've been storming in the court for decades, dude. Like this whole, uh, don't run out there. Don't walk across. Don't like if you know you're about to lose and you know the sto- the the court's going to get stormed. Then sit down, just take your time, and then walk across. Or you know, suck it up and get through. Like you're taller than everyone else in there. Like you're bigger than everyone else in there. And you know, from that satellite view that we saw. He did stick his leg out and threw his arm, just like Caitlin Clark did, you know, and she uh, alleged that she got ran into. I think this is just an attention getter. It's kind of a whiny, um, we lost and I'm pissed kind of deal. They've been storming the court for years and no one has ever got seriously injured or injured for that fact. You've never even heard about an injury until the last, you know, month or so. So I'm over this. This is complete clickbait bullshit uh suck it up be a damn athlete and you know take it on the chin when you lost 
what if he elbows a kid real quick? And uh, as James Thomas noted that Filipowski played last night and was fine. But what if he takes a kid out with an elbow and he's just trying to get off the court? Uh, you know, that, that would be a potentially bad situation. That's a, a hypothetical or rhetorical question, rather. Um, Robbie, take the other side. I'm usually good at arguing one way or the other. I, I I can't I can't really argue though. Like this is I'm with Shane. This is so stupid. Like look, they're they're the only the only like so I have two solutions to this problem. One is I actually like Brandon's Brandon's suggestion. Hey, if you're on the other team, sit down. You're in a different color uniform. Let the police come and protect you. Um, but the other one is I like Clemson's motto. Like the students, fans are allowed on the court, the field after the game. And so it is not a court storming. Just let them on the field after the game, every single game. You want to come down? They, they, they expect this. They know let the other team get off the court, the field, but you go down, you celebrate. Like this, this is, this is a a solution looking for a problem, in my opinion. And yes, Caitlin Clark got tons of attention. Philip Palace got tons of attention. I rushed the field. Uh, I've only done it once in my life when Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. um, you cost your school a hundred grand plus thirty grand per golf post. Not yeah, and, yeah, environmental cleanup. And like, but yeah, this this whole like, oh, you have to have deterrence and all that. And that no, I mean, I mean, come on, dude. You're that's just, dude. That guy behind him pushes him. I'm you know, and I give it to basketball players. players now. They're all about the feints and you know all the flops and all this stuff. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, was, was it was this a buzzer beater? Or they beat him. No, it was no. Not. They they beat him soundly. Like I bet yeah, like so, almost so, so twenty. Dude, I mean, dude, wait, dude, under the last like, minute. Like, I was listening they, to a radio show when they were talking. Like Nick, Nick Saban went over. They beat like, him by four. Alabama players like. Guys, anytime we lose on the road, they're going to storm the field. This yep. is how you get off, and this is how you get off safely, even mm-hmm. though one of Alabama players still punched Tennessee girl, but I digress. Um, <laughs> but they, they they do it, and like this this goes on way more without incident than it does with incident. Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, said this week that the home team should forfeit the game. Oh, and that's no. So. Uh, I mean, it's a policy, though. The ACC has no policy in effect. The SEC fines, like LSU has been fined, uh, like 400, you know, 250 grand for this and that, and 100 grand for beating Kentucky last week. South Carolina got uh, Tennessee 100 grand it's for still beating college Bama. sports. So I mean, that's what makes college Part sports of it. great. Well, it's just the big money schools. When uh, Santa Clara beat Gonzaga, they rushed the court and they got fined five grand. Uh, UCF mm-hmm. beating Kansas 20, 25 grand, but. Does the fee do anything? And and as somebody who was there during the USC era, they became the big dog, and most of the games were at home. But in, there were times when and they had so much security that it was like Red Rover, and they would wait to clear the field of the opposing team. I mean, post-football game, you have 80 kids. They're pissed off. They're 18. Then they'd kind of say, fuck it, and let the kids rush. And I think that's far more feasible to form a line 
around the opposing team, let them after the handshake get to the locker room if there's a handshake mm -hmm. and let the kids come down. There are ways to prevent this, um, which my next question would be is, is whose responsibility is that? I would, do so? I would say it's quite the opposite, Raj. I think it, it should be the opposite way that uh, the opposing team needs to sit at bay until the chaos comes because that's a heated moment. Especially if it's a buzzer beater or something, and you want to rush the court. And like how that. get the guys on the other side of the floor? He's like, not going to know. Like, get back to your bench. Sit down. That's what he was trying to do. It was a four-point game. He was trying to get back. He was. Yeah. He, I mean, go to the side. Go over somewhere else. I mean, this has been. Yeah, he was. He was in the middle of the court. He was to, all of a sudden was, like make what this he's supposed a huge to do. I, I think I think the big thing here is if a, a fan ran into him or you know LeBron or you know any of these other guys. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a he's Great, a freak Great major. Blew out his Achilles affecting the Super Bowl and, and Travis well, I mean, Kelsey I mean, by nothing. Flipowski like, in, in this know. picture. In, in this picture, Flipowski is right near the W in the middle of the court, exactly where they're going to run. So, like, you have some obligation to get. Don't don't go that right guy, there. That, that kid was trying to him. dodge him. This guy pushes him from the back for no reason. Oh, well, he feels like he's just tricked his best friend. If, if that's happening to me. And plus, dude, we all know, like, coordinated efforts, there's four of us, five of us if we're boys. We're going to get in his way and wait till he pushes us over, sue, and get some money. I mean, you're going to be smart about it. I mean, and that's what? a nerd school. I'm just saying it's not on – Filipowski. It was a two-point game with 40 seconds left. I wouldn't get I wouldn't even I, I'd say it. it's I'd say it's on Filipowski hundred percent because looking at that angle, I don't care, dude. Like you're you're that big, and then you come in, you throw your leg out like that with your, your and then he pushed his arms out. So yeah, and that's that's a flavor He's trying dude. to get to the guy to clear him. Now, also legally, as Robbie He's knows, running around or like you can't I mean if if I'm Filikowski, I'm fucking everybody up then because the, a ticket is a license to an event, and the user assumes all responsibility and risk of personal property, yeah. injury, anything. So fuck it then. Next time, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's just easy to have security. You're rush the field, and you're going to get decked by a player for rushing the field or whatever or the court. Then that's on you. That's on you, right? Like if you're going to do that. But what what kid that's five eight is going to Try and go after a seven footer and tackle him. Like one, what one kid? No, but thirty eight kids, and he's just looking elsewhere. Did you no, see thirty eight kids? They weren't. They were. They weren't trying to yeah. attack him. They weren't. Like, on, not dude. attacking per se, but it's per se. You got wasted twenty one year old. No. What is no, he no, supposed? No, play, it's play, not play, his play, responsibility. Play, play, look, he he can go see see back on the. At the lower end of the W, where people aren't rushing the court, go back there and sit where the boosters are and just chill. Like, Sorry, bro, but if you're a competitor, you're not going to sit like a bitch with the boosters and wait for these. Well, well then if you're a competitor, yeah, exactly. You can't have it both ways. Keep it. Oh, I'm not going to be a bitch and move on. Like, I'm not going to sit or I'm going to be a bitch and get pushed over. Security by holds up kids yeah. until the Big other bait. kid. It's complete. Like, all, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, we, 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 yes. yeah, no, let's move on. Let's well, move on. We got to get Tom's thoughts on this, and you can close us out, Tom. What I, do you think? 
I, I think it, it, it just kind of narrows down to this. Storming the court is, has been part of every sport for generations. And has there been injuries to players in previous court storming scenarios? I'm sure there has been. But the bottom line is it's Duke. It's a high-profile program. And the coach kind of made it front-page news in the press conference talking about, you know, his players were put at risk. But if you're at Cameron Indoor Stadium and they beat North Carolina, those crazies are going to storm the court. What are they going to say then? So I just think it, it, it's a whole lot of nothing. And 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 that's what it boils down to. It, it It's something that's been part of the game. You cannot take the emotions out. Robbie and, 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 and we'll talk about that moment when Tennessee beat Alabama. The initial response was, I got to get on that field. And, and, and 109 other thousand people had the same, had, you know, feelings. So, um, so why I think do it's, 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 why it's, do they get it's, fined? Why do conferences fine? Because them? they're trying to prevent it from happening, and it's just why? never going to. If it's be not a big way. deal, and the no, player no, no, just no, needs no, to no, get no, off. No, no, no. Why no, does it matter? You, no, no, because you don't want to make fine 15, 20 years ago. No, no, no. The reason why the reason why they get fined. So at least in the SEC, the reason why the reason why they get fined is because you don't want Tennessee or Missouri rushing the field for beating Arkansas. It needs to be special. And yeah. you know you know what Tennessee's president said? I will write this check tomorrow. Sure. You know, he was smoking a cigar in the box and said, because this is what college sports is about. And Absolutely. honestly, if you didn't, like, I'm biased, but if you didn't watch that game and that atmosphere – and you didn't say, holy shit, this is what college sports is about, then you don't have a soul. Yeah, for sure. No, no I, I agree. I, I just think there are against Ohio or against Michigan when JT made that fourth down play and it was yeah. controversial. And then Curtis Samuel ran it in for a touch. I told my wife, I was like, if he if we score right here, I said, I'm rushing the field. She said, I'll be right here. And I was short, and if I, I did, I went straight down on that field as yeah, fast yeah. as I could. I mean, that's just what you do. Like, yeah, absolutely. Part of the fan experience is part of being, you know, especially it's emotions. Fan, it's emotions. Be smart about it. I watched yeah. it in LA 15 years ago, waiting to clear other teams. You can do it in basketball very easily if you have enough personnel. I think they had four security guards there. God forbid something were to happen, and and Rob knows you you sue for pocket. So if something happened to a kid on either side. Everybody and their moms getting sued. And well, that's why I that's why I thought it needs to go to the reverse of what you said, Raj, because there's not enough security teams on a, a, a specific event to control that. So they need to control what they can, which would be the opposing. So get team. more security. Well, yeah. but, all right, so, I, I mean, that's a small. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to make fifty dollars a ticket. Tom, for that Tom do I have time to get real nerdy, or do we need to move on? No, we need to move on. Okay. <laughs> we're forty-four minutes this in. Great. Yeah, this this yeah, this could have been the whole the whole uh, show today. But I will right. say, I can tell you why the difference between NFL and, and no. NCAA at some point, if someone wants to know. But go on, Tom. Yeah, we all can right. do it. We can do it next show. But actually. I'm going to take the next one as well, and I won't make it legal. Um, right now, we are in 
kind of a gray zone of, of the entire world, but and it's the time when we all feel like our football teams have a chance, especially our three teams, because uh, the Titans have the most uh, cap space than anyone else in football at $78.5 million. The Bears, second. who are who, what we're all talking about, at least some of us are, are second. Uh, the, the Lions are seventh. The Raiders are 11th. The Falcons are 13th. Why do I bring that up? Um, because it's about to be the free agent frenzy, and right now we all have hope. Now, the first thing to start off with, which is a fairly straightforward answer, um, but Tom, you want to kind of explain about the increase in salary cap, which was unprecedented, and and Rob or Brandon or or Tom can kind of explain why supposedly it was done. I'm not really sure why it was done. Uh, my thought process is. Um, we all know the NFL is king. We say that all the time on this show. Um, but normally, you, salary cap raises are in the range of you know five to fifteen million a year. This year, it went up thirty million dollars, and that's I mean you're looking at teams that made a lot of bad decisions in previous years, and, and then you look at a team like the defending back-to-back and uh, Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs who were cash-strapped when it came to a salary cap, now they've got money in the bank. So why this 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 took place? I mean, you know, there's conspiracy theorists out there that'll say, you know what, there's never been a three-peat NFL uh, Super Bowl champion. And are we going to do what we can to help them? I mean, I don't fall into that category, but there are people out there that'll think that, but um, as to why I'm not sure, I'm sure that some, uh, the other guys might know that, but this is definitely uncharted territory for it to raise 30 million. And, you know, as a lions fan, they had a lot of cap space to begin with. Now you throw an extra 30 million in the, in the mix. Now you have a team that was on the, the precipice of a Super Bowl. What's stopping them now from, you know, getting there? So, you know, as a Lions fan, I'm excited. But you know what? I think the playing field may be a little bit leveled when it comes to the amount of money that these teams have to spend. It was odd timing, I can tell you. And and Rob or Brandon would – there was a pandemic excuse associated with this. Uh, The verbiage I read was uh, that – it's the result of a full repayment of all amounts advanced by the clubs and deferred by players during the COVID pandemic, as well as an extraordinary increase in media revenue for the 2024 season. You know, perhaps that should have been a portion, some kind of ratio where some, one team gets another, you know, not necessarily in views, but yeah, it did bail a lot of teams out. Were there any teams that, you guys noticed, do you guys think it's just total bullshit? Or do you think it's more the NFL just trying to better the product no matter what and keep printing money? Here we go. Yeah, go, Brandon. Yeah. All right, so we all knew this cap increase was coming, right? Um, last year there was, I think, or the year before, there was a salary cut uh, on the cap space. So, and that was due to COVID and, you know, all of that. Um, so I think this is nothing but um, a projected makeup of that cut. So that's why it increased 
you know, twofold than what normal is. Um, but yeah, it opened up a lot of, uh, a lot of bad deals. What, as what we thought were bad deals, um, and, and really squeezing the cap on a lot of teams to, Hey, now, you know, these teams have money and they can make room and, and they can excel. Um, and, and with that being said, Texans are my number one uh, team that is is really going to excel here. Uh, I would say Texans, Lions, and and the Bengals are the top three in, in the cap space. Um, Titans, not so much. You know, we had a lot of money uh, before this. Uh, we were in the top. Problem is, you know, our active, active uh, cap is 152. Our dead cap space is the highest in the league at 31. And then, uh, you know, to get that extra 30 back, that puts a, <clears throat> a little different info than you. I got Washington first, Titans second, Bears third. Uh, I do have your Raiders at 10. Um, and I've got the Lions at seven, Texans at six now. So uh, we, we Titans definitely have the highest dead cap, which, you know, kind of hurts, but all that did, that brought Texans back into the AFC South playing field even stronger. I mean, they now they can really, really capitalize. They can go after uh, Jones from Kansas City or, you know, whatever to solidify their defense and – or, you know, they can do whatever they want at this point. And there are a lot of rookie contracts and, and they're in good, good shape. So um, that would be my number one that benefits from this cap increase. Robbie, what about the players after oh. Deshaun Watson and the lack of like, you know, Kirk Cousins being the best free agent? Is there a danger that the market just gets so fucking whacked? Oh, not that oh. it matters. I'm sure the NFL would compensate, but like, is some ass player going to get twenty a year? You know, like, <laughs> oh no, oh, oh, no, no, guys, this is this is players are to read the headlines. Owner's going to read the article. Look, this is very simple. The owners just saw, we just saw 124 million people watch the Super Bowl. Ratings are up. Let's increase the salary cap now. Sign players with this money into contracts. Lock them in. This next TV market is going to be so lucrative. It's insane. And so, yes, Let's spend money right now. Lock players in, but they're going to get the money. They've read the headlines. It's money funny goes. though; it was already scheduled, right? So now maybe the denomination wasn't, but right, yeah, it was. It was a scheduled increase. Yeah, because the TV contracts are coming up, so it's right. going to yes. So, so that's yeah, the so, same principle Brandon's saying, and then they're like COVID thirty mil. Yes, better yes. product. Yeah, yeah, backdated, you know, projected increase over. Yes, who it benefits most, who it always benefits, the owners. They're going to get players locked in on deals. And when this new TV, the cap's going to keep going up. The TV. Who's to say NIL didn't affect that too, right? No, 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 I I, I do think there are so many variables and factors that go into analysis and. And that projection of what they're actually going to determine the number. Yeah. Right? The, 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 my question is, and it's always been, will if any, will if ever the NFL, 
uh, get rid of this min, uh, mandatory minimum age requirement. I don't, I don't think they will, but no. there's no reason. I, I haven't, I haven't seen a compelling reason for them to yet. No, especially now with the way NIL is, I, I, I don't think that'll change. I really yeah. don't because players yeah. are going to stay. Players yeah. are just going to stay because they're going to make more money in college, and in that's just crazy. Well, and- think, but. You know, it gives you a year or two to bulk up a little bit more before you get to the NFL right. and tackle these big in yeah, You can go from high school to college in the NBA. I, right. I think that's a little bit of a different situation. When it comes to football, I mean, that's a, that's a whole different oh, beast. Dude, it's, it's not in the WNBA. With the NFL and their money printer, guys, do you think over or under – 2035 pay-per-view Super Bowl. It's streamed. Oh, under. Streaming. Under. Brand streaming under. Super Bowl, yeah. Meaning yeah. I think it will be. I mean, me, me and the NFL is going to have to pay to watch this. But then again. They won't fix it. Like, they're increasing revenue annually. Yeah. Why would they mess that up? They don't need to change the model. No. It'll go streaming, advertising, and everything. Already, else. I mean, they're dapping into the or dabbing into these, you know, streaming games, and you got that helps the 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 check. Think, think about what Peacock paid for one game. No, I know. What would Amazon pay for the Super Bowl? Yeah, but that's a different beast when you're talking that's about access. You're doing that, and you're going to start cutting out. Yeah, a huge chunk of fans that can't they'd lose more money than anything than that. Right. I, I, don't, I don't. A single game on a Thursday, the fan that can't afford it, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll just skip this game, you know, yeah. and I'll watch or I'll go to the bar, you know, whatever. You can't, you can't go. They can't. No. Sustain that until they right. do. No, uh, I don't see it happening. I guess we can never question the NFL is the point, but again, last year of the top. The first non-football event in the top 18, I believe, broadcasts that created the, the highest ratings and the most money was the Oscars at number 15. Yeah. The top 14 were all NFL primetime games. And then the Super Bowl comes in this year and blows that out yeah. of the water. So at this point, it's why uh, reinvent the wheel. I agree with Shane. Um Moving on to free agents, you know, I guess we'll start with Tom because at 53 million or so left to spend money on a team that doesn't have a lot of holes. What are you looking for, number one? And who are realistic possibilities for the Detroit Lions to be holding up the Lombardi next year? Well, I think what we're looking for is defense, specifically secondary. Uh, it's no secret they were torched. Uh, Cam Sutton was kind of left on islands time after time. He was probably one of the five worst corners in the NFL as far as uh, catches against. But um, what happens, you know, why does that happen? I think you got to look at that, the bigger picture. Why does that happen? Detroit just wasn't getting pressure at the quarter uh, to the quarterback. And yeah, Aiden Hutchinson's an an all-pro a defensive end, but they didn't have a lot of help after that. They James Houston missed most of the season. Aline McNeil missed the most of the season. So they were really thin at that position. So there's two guys and they both play for the chiefs that 
Detroit needs to key on, one of which was just told yesterday that you go ahead and pursue a trade, and that's Legereus Sneed. I think he proved in this past season that he's definitely uh, uh, an upper echelon-type corner, shutdown quarter, aggressive, just – and he would fit the mold of a of a Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell type of team. And then you look at Chris Jones. Chris Jones missed the game against Detroit last year, and and what happened? Detroit wins. So I, I think you you line up Chris Jones opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, then your secondary is vastly improved. So um, basically, you you have to improve on the defensive side. Offensively, uh, maybe a couple tweaks at the receiver position, but all in all, th- this team is 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 right there, and 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 I don't want them to do a whole lot because we all know what Brad Holmes can do in the draft. Look what his draft did last year. So, I I, I think a couple pieces and having you know upwards of sixty one million dollars to play with, and having uh, a culture. In Detroit, and it's 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 crazy for me to say as a as a as a lifelong Lions fan, culture was not what anyone ever talked about around here. But having a culture of winning, and uh, I'm looking at it right now, all grit, and, and there's there's players that are going to want to come here, and Detroit is, has proven. Brad Holmes and Campbell have proven themselves. We're we're not going to go after the big names. We're going to go after the guys that fit what we want, fit what we're doing, and I have faith that that's going to happen. So, give me a couple defensive guys, and 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 I I think they should be right back in that that scenario. What about what about uh, Brian Burns from the uh, uh, Panthers? Panthers. Uh, oh, Burns. Burns. He's a little younger, twenty six. I, I think he could he could do really well opposite of um, yeah. And Josh Allen, same draft because the Raiders have uh, uh, Oh, sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I like, I like Detroit's linebacker situation, but Josh Allen and Brian Burns are are linebackers that can get to the quarterback. And I, I think that's what what is lacking. Brian Burns in in the Honolulu Blue and Silver. Sign me up all day. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, as far as bang for your buck there, I think you get a little bit more longevity, and uh, I think he would be a better fit there. The Absolutely. the free agent that I'm looking most forward to where he ends up um, Derrick. is Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry has a lot in the tank. And uh, with the right team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, and, only, uh, he's only, what, 29, 28? He's, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the I Titans just ran him on first down every single play right up the middle. Like some creativity, and he still can, can run and break mm-hmm. tackles. Uh, put him on Kansas City and lights out. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, we all know, unfortunately, the running backs are somewhat interchangeable in this. West Coast spread kind of offense that we've seen as of late. Uh, Derek is is one of the few, like, just world beaters. Like, he just will run you over for four quarters, oh. and he gets better with that. Could, could you imagine if he signs with Philadelphia? 
If he gets what about Baltimore, dude? I read Baltimore, Baltimore, that's Baltimore Philadelphia. So Baltimore would be fantastic. Like if he can just get some outside weapons to take a little bit of attention out of the box and give him the, I mean he would the, get the push the tush push with Hertz and Henry backing him up. Dude, on an offense like that, he would need I mean, if he had 20 carries a game, 25 carries a game. Their die. defense is fucked. Get that guy yeah. a ring. Oh, send him to Baltimore. Yeah. Yep. Tom, you got one choice for a free agent right now. Who would it be? Oh. Like, practically, Jalen Johnson on the Bears, a great corner, uh, up and coming corner. Uh, one of the rush edges that the Raiders passed up for Cleveland Farrell at number four. That also made me jump off my roof. Um, uh, T. Higgins, you said receivers. Uh, Matt Buike, tackle Christian Wilkins, who I know the Raiders are really interested in. Antoine Winfield Jr., an amazing safety. Devin White, also from Tampa. I I think Darius. I, I, I Sneed would love to have. I I think Chris Jones would be great here. But Chris Jones worries me right here. He's a gamer, but he worries me here. Matt Abuke out of Baltimore. He's young, and he has not peaked. He's probably two years away from being prime. I, I think agree. you could probably get him. You could probably get him a little bit cheaper than you would uh, a Legereus Need or Chris Jones. So I, I think Matt Abuke is is somebody that could come in here. Uh, he's not the sexiest name, but I think he's somebody that you could get a lot of value out of. And, and that's somebody that, that I would love to see here in Detroit. I love it. Titans fans. I'm going to do a yes or no with you. Yes or no. Would you sign this guy considering how much money we're going to do a few number one, Baker Mayfield. No, <laughs> no, you're going to roll with what you got. Yes. Number two, Kirk Cousins. No. Yes. Mm. Why yes, Rob? Considering he's going to be expensive. Because he wants to draft him on his fantasy team. (laughs) 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 Uh, If Cousins would have got hurt this year, I would have won our fantasy team. You say that every year. And you have Kirk Cousins. And he always disappoints. He's not, he's, not he's not a he's he's an injured person. He's not a bum in my opinion yet. Almost every quarterback is a bum in my opinion. So uh, for Joe Burrow, no Joe Burrow is the biggest bum. <laughs> I hate that guy. He is like Andy Dalton, Cincinnati quarterbacks, a bunch of bums. But uh, no, uh, I I take Cousins. But I'm not sure who he's going to throw to. So, actually, never mind. I'm changing my mind. I will not take him. We have no talent. I'm not spending that salary cap on him. Audible, what are you doing no, at no. running back? Aside from Tajay, it sounds like you're going to need a change of pace guy, a thunder and lightning. What are you guys thinking? Draft someone. I mean, you can get a fourth or fifth round running back. Like heavier guy, kind of beater in the middle, change of pace if yeah. you want, and super yeah. cheap. Uh, 
does Dalton connect play football? Like the times are so bad. Like, I, like this is a point. Would you guys agree that wide receiver is the biggest need on the Titans? Offensive line. Offensive oh, line. Hundred yeah. percent. The free agent I mean, market offensive line is not as good. Let's play wide receiver. The most expensive would be T. Higgins at twenty four. Then you got Michael Pittman at twenty six. Mike Evans at thirty. Um, Marquise Brown from Arizona. Calvin Ridley. Hotline. What's happening here? Seriously, those are the best free agents, though. Um, yeah, and no, you need a producer we just, now. We just no. gotta go through the draft. Like we're in full rebuild. There is no reason to take someone of that caliber and try and throw them on our team. And we, we've done that with Randy Moss. We're, we're not trying to become the yeah. Cleveland Browns where all, you know, what <laughs> happens go to die. Like, that is not where we are. I don't want to take any big names. We need to solidify the offensive line, solidify the secondary in our defense. Uh, maybe grab yeah. another edge rusher. And let's, hey, build, let's see what Levis does. Look, we're in a, we're in a four year, maybe three years. You say oh. rebuild, but you got seventy eight mils. Does that mean go whoa, with younger, whoa, whoa, whoa. lower price? Hold on now. Amy Adams hasn't even cashed that two point four billion dollar check we've written. Oh, yeah. So once she cashes that, then we'll talk. Listen, we're we're. They they have a system here. Their goal is to be good by the time the stadium opens, right? And so they can sell tickets and blow. We're in full rebuild. They blew up the whole entire team. That's what's happening. Why would a Mike Evans want to come and play for a Will Levis with no offensive line and no running back? He wants no to come play in Detroit. So what do they do with their money? Save it, it, invest it. I guess I don't know. I mean, <laughs> put it towards the stadium that we got to pay taxes on. I mean, shit. Yeah. I don't know. As, as the city of Nashville for more. Money. You're not going to get a Mike Evans to come over here that you know have Will Levis you know missing by seven yards. So. <laughs> Calvin Ridley can come over and bet on how many. And that's my last question. All three of you, Titans record 2024. Tom. Oh. I'll go uh, seven and ten. Rob? It's a bad division. Oh, I would say four and thirteen. Mm. Chain six and eleven. I'm gonna go in the middle of you guys and and go with five and twelve. Yeah, just because of like what Chain said. Houston, Indianapolis are both in good positions with a lot of money. Of course, we don't know about Richardson, but everybody else. Our Callahan, head coach, like, we got a whole new regime going on. We don't know what, what the draft looks like. We got all this money and no one to spend it on because no one wants to come here. <laughs> it's like, we're True. a full rebuild. We have to get rookies and build a base. It's, so a, it's, a, it's, 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 like, it's like Tom and a strip club. This is this is from <laughs> here. Like, this is where they have to dig in, and the front mm-hmm. office has to draft those guys that don't have a choice, and <laughs> they have to build a team from that. They that you're not going to get a Jones or a you know Evans or all these guys that have status in the league 
and that are trying to win a Super Bowl to come to Tennessee Titans. Hey, to thirty million more. Team. It may take less than you think. But speaking yeah. of strip club, because you guys are getting worked up, and I get worked up in strip clubs. Um, I'm gonna go to somebody who doesn't get worked up at anything. It seems, and that's Tom. Um, <laughs> Tom, right. tell me about honestly. Like I keep up with stuff because my perspective in life sucks, but. This Justin Jefferson thing kind of hit me out of nowhere. Can you explain like what the fuck's happening there and why? I I'm really not sure. The only thing that kind of tells me is that they don't want to spend Kirk Cousins money. They don't want to go out spend uh, money on Kirk Cousins. And Justin Jefferson's made it known if Kirk Cousins in Minnesota he's going to be in Minnesota too. He, he really likes playing with Kirk Cousins. So all indications are there's, there's a lot of uncertainty and, and it's interesting because I, I think Minnesota really has the potential to make a run at the North. They, if Cousins was there, I, maybe they make Detroit, they, they give Detroit a little bit more a run for their money. So I think they're looking at financially, you sign Kirk Cousins, it's going to be four years. It's going to be upwards of $200 million. And Justin Jefferson has already said, I want the bag, and I want to win. So that's going to cost them an arm and a leg. So you're going to wrap up how much of your salary cap, how much of your team you know, uh, figure here in just two players – that's going to limit got, them in other. They've got thirty-eight million, by the way, in salary cap. Yeah, so I, I, I think they're they're looking at it as 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 far as let's get ahead of it. Let's not wait till it's a contract year. Let's see what we can get. And and the rumor I'm seeing is is Kansas City. Now, what's Kansas City going to give up to get him? And what what's what's the Why? price tag for one year essentially? with the best receiver in football, are you willing to give up multiple first round picks, second round picks and players and in, in, in two? So three Pete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could do that because they have a knack, but hey, um, and it's all about you know, Tyree Hill and still won two Super Bowls. Why would you give up something else for Jefferson when you got Rashi Rice as long as Kelsey's there? I wouldn't do that shit because that's going to be. A- I'm not saying I would either. I'm just saying, you know, I could see a scenario where that happens. But look, Patrick Mahomes is like Brady, sure. right? Like sure he, he makes people yep. better. Like he he will throw you open. Like he just he's that dude, yep. right? Uh, so you don't have to spend a lot of money on the other fancy jewelry and rings and necklaces when you got the. Dude, right there, right, mm-hmm. and especially Kelsey. That's his his binky. It's his safety blanket. Like that's for sure. The other guy, right? Yep. Solidify the off- offensive line. Have a solid defense that shows up postseason like they do. Yep. And I mean, that's what you get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, would that be a phenomenon if Jefferson went there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Tyreek was there, and they won. They've won two Super Bowls, yeah. yeah. And they won without him. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's Patrick Mahomes, bro. Come on. Yep. Yep. doesn't matter. The last thing – I didn't mean to interrupt. last thing I was going to say about this is ESPN 
uh, as of a couple days ago, made a prediction, and that would be Russell Wilson being the starter and drafting Bo Nix as his backup for one to two years, eventually taking over the reins, uh, comparing Nix to, to Cousins. But I want to move on quickly before we get into the most important thing in the world, which is racing. Uh, <laughs> Rob, where does Justin Fields end up? Is it Chicago or Atlanta or Pittsburgh or Oakland, Las Vegas? I'm asking um, that for each of you. So if where it was me, if it was me, if I'm Chicago, I'll stick with Fields. I get a better coach than a, to coach Fields. Um, but – it's not me. Then what do you do at number one? I trade it. I, I, mm-hmm. they've, they've already got more draft picks. I think Phil's is a good quarterback. I think he's the right coach. He, like, the line. problem with Chicago has hired the wrong coach for about 20 years in a row now. And and their offensive line has sucked ass. Yeah, and so I would you know what the current denominator is is the front office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's been the biggest issue, right? Yeah, Fields can play, and so what yeah. you're going to do is you're going to trade. So let's say you trade Fields and you draft Caleb Williams. That's the same problem you just inherited. It's like they're just not a good run organization. So I would take, I'd keep Fields, take the picks, trade Caleb Williams, the number one pick. Get more picks. Draft the offensive line. Protect him. Give him a chance because he's he's going to be good somewhere else if they do trade him. Yeah, I mean he's he's fairly accurate. Like I mean he's not you know he, he's above average accuracy I would say, um, and he can scramble a little bit. So I mean it's. <laughs> You know, kind of Lamar esque, but not as fast and as athletic as Lamar. But accuracy, I would say, is on the same level. And uh, you know, scramble mode, quick twitch is is there, but longevity run. You know, well, Lamar. Well, 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 so, Brandon, let me ask this: Justin Fields being a successful quarterback, yes or no? What's the percentage odds? Seventy thirty. Oh yeah, I would think that's fair. Yeah, um, so, so so Caleb Williams is 50 because that's every NFL draft pick. Right. So you, know, you already uh, have a guy that you think seven. You've already got a game film on this guy. You know what to do, right? You yeah. get the right coach and the right team around him. You can I did, build yeah, I agree with Brandon start. there. You can build I think I'm biased. Caleb is a generational quarterback, in my opinion. The Bears OL played much better. The skill position was awful. He established a rapport with DJ Moore who's been a fantasy. He's been my Kirk Cousins or Joey Burrow. Um, I'm a little worried about It's just the lack of skill positions and other things and play calling, uh, which I'll get onto that in a second, but, you know, converting that into points. But they played damn well down the stretch, and Eberflus went to being basically about to get axed to to being fine going next year into next year. So – I'm a little worried about Caleb. Um, like, probably a bad analogy, but like Antonio Brown syndrome kind of deal. Like, super athletic, uh, way above talent, 
all the talent in the world and then just some somehow mentally is just not able to handle everything. That that's I don't think you'll have a problem with that. I think he's one of the strongest individuals mentally when it comes in coming into this game and he may be misunderstood by seconds of television but no i i think the biggest strength is his mind um but i i understand it, it, it's a crapshoot no matter what i mean fields was drafted at what two or three so uh you know tom where do you think fields ends up what's uh I'll throw out some scenarios. You guys tell me if, if the compensation's right. I think he's going to Pittsburgh. He has a relationship with Tomlin, and that's known. Um, they're not confident in uh, – uh, Now Mason Randolph again? Yeah. Or their quarterback, his name is Kate. Hey, uh, not Pickens. That's oh, Pickett. Pickett. Pickett, yeah. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. So, I, I, I think – in all reality, Pittsburgh is is a quarterback away from you know competing in that AFC North, and it, it's it's a division that has Lamar Jackson, and I think you 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 put him behind an offensive line. I think he won't have to rely on his 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 ability to to make plays with his legs if he can sit back in the pocket and make throws. Justin Fields got an arm. Yeah, I mean. He moves the college. He was he was dynamic yeah. as a and he's, as, like I said. He's fairly he's above yeah. average in accuracy. In, but in in, in Chicago, when you you take the snap and and you're you can't even make your first progression, right. you're you know you're already running for you your life. Touched at one point four seconds. 1. Yeah, you're. Like it you're, doesn't matter. You're yeah. going to rely on your instincts and, and his only instincts that he has the ability to do are run, but. That also poses problems in the sense that he's not durable. And and how can you not how can you blame the kid when it's the third quarter and you've been hit, you know, upwards of 10 to 12 times? So uh and that's offensive line. So I think that's where Chicago needs to focus primarily on. And 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 it, if Chicago decides to, to to keep him, I think they trade the number one pick and they can get a haul because there's so much generational talent um front-loaded that that these teams want so i i think chicago's in a good position as far as if they keep them okay if they trade them okay so chicago's in a good spot no i agree as a raider fan i would love to have them um especially with their skill positions surrounding receivers Devonte adams uh jacoby myers Josh Jacobs, obviously, an uh, offensive line that has three unrestricted free agents, but that is getting him, that is improving and played way over their ability. A team that went five and four down the stretch and really shut down Kansas City on Christmas. Uh, and that was Kansas City's last loss. So Andy Reid even credited the Raiders for once. Now it was a backhanded way, but, you know, there, there's been talks of Hunter Renfro, who, you know, was a pro bowler and Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the NFL says the Raiders are stupid, man, that he is a different kind of cat. He's an amazing receiver. He's slippery. Like they should throw him the ball more. Um, you know, the Raiders have their pick uh, at 15, I believe. And uh, they have number 73, two third round picks. 
So we'll see what it takes. The Falcons have, what, their eighth or ninth pick. I don't think you want to swap for that for Fields and give them three picks in the top ten. But it's going to come down to maybe some players and maybe some picks second round and later. But, you know, we'll see. I, as a Raider fan, like I said, he moves the football. I think he'd be great in Vegas and great on that turf. He turned 24 two days ago. He's under contract for this year. Next year, he's got a $25 million option. So he's a UFA in 2026. Uh, so give him two years with us, especially while we got Devontae, and, and let it let it ride. But we'll see uh, what the other teams do. But if I'm the Bears, I trade him, although I do see the – the love and, and getting eight picks and then selecting. But then again, who says that's a good thing as a Raider fan fucking usually our draft picks are pieces of shit. Uh, and that organization <laughs> is not exactly known for finding gems, but um, finally let's get into what was a wild, wild finish in Atlanta with, a Mexican-American, or if he, is he just Mexican citizenship, Daniel Suarez winning by a nose uh, over a couple of dudes like Ryan Blaney again. Um, wow. How surprised were you guys, Tom? I'll start with you. Well, before I give my comment, let's watch the video. Yeah. Where does he block? Does he block high? Does he block yep. low? Here it comes. Kyle Bush to the middle. Shooting a gap. No help with Kyle Bush. Oh, Suarez right alongside him. Three wide. Off Look turn at this. Four. Here they come to the flag. Three abreast. Photo finish. How about, I think it's Blaney. Unbelievable. Three wide finish. Have you ever seen anything like that? Scoring. Scoring has the margin between the first three cars at 0. 0.00 seconds. <laughs> How awesome was that? Yeah, dude. If Talladega is like that in every race is, I'm fucking there. I, I think that the biggest surprise for me was there wasn't a wreck in the last the last lap because clearly the, the last Ooh. few races. I mean, they're going for it. And what Suarez did there, you know, he took to the outside, which is risky. It's risky in a sense that now you're, you're, you're potential clipping another car, creating a chain reaction. But he took to the outside, and it didn't seem like Bush or Blaney did anything to react to it. Uh, Blaney had had the stretch. He had the inside. I think he had the the advantage when it came down to it. But uh, Suarez just went for it, and it it paid off. That finish was nothing I've ever seen before, and it was literally a nose. And uh, you know the the you know in real time you, you would have thought Blaney got it, but no. I mean Suarez. I thought it was Blaney also, but yeah, it looked like Blaney. But you know, you break it down, and 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 the fact that you know he took to that third lane to go three wide. I mean, I'm sitting here watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a three wide finish here, and I'm I'm just waiting for carnage to happen. And 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 I guess you look at Kurt Busch, he was sandwiched in the middle. One 
one quick turn of the wheel, they could have wiped both of them out. So, I mean, that just shows the professionalism of, of the drivers in that aspect. And uh, man, what a, what a race. And, and, and even if you're not, you know, a big NASCAR fan or, or a racing fan, you can't help but not look at that and be like, man, that's pretty cool. Like a finish like that and, and, and hearing the emotions of, of the announcers and, it was it was really cool to see and and good for Daniel Suarez who got his first his first career win whose major sponsor is uh, Tootsie's on Broadway there in Nashville so uh, good for the ninety nine cup irony a Mexican yeah. guy sponsored by <laughs> the original country establishment absolutely on Broadway yeah I mean his future at, at what Trackhouse Racing was. Needless to say, in 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 big time doubt. Well, they, and they got Chastain, who who's one, probably the bad boy in NASCAR right now, and and those two are are you know Chastain's about as aggressive as as any of them in there. So they're making their move, that's for sure. That was insane. Um, I was going to ask Robbie because you brought up a great point uh, with Blaney and Bush. Was it? It was almost like they were looking at each other and not kind of considering or. Or chain right. that like ah never mind Suarez on the outside we don't even know who that guy is it's not that that's a feasible strategy in racing and I know a lot has to do with the car but we were, we were just talking chain about how did Daniel Suarez sneak in there at the end and was is there some truth to the fact that that Bush and Blaney were focused on Bush and Blaney mm-hmm. if we can simply yeah for sure and that that's you know, smart on his part to take advantage of that, right? Like when when they're you know up there fighting together, they're taking wind off each other and they're they're slowing down slightly. I mean, very very slightly. But in NASCAR, you know, every quarter of a breeze that blows over, you know, that all matters. Drafting, side drafting, all that. So I think taking advantage of that. Very, very small window of opportunity to slide in there and and take advantage of that. It was huge on his part. Really good racing for a rookie. Um, but you said, you know, being aggressive. I I kind of heard you uh, talk about that, dude. That that is NASCAR. I mean that. I mean, if you're not aggressive, there's always big wrecks, especially restricted car plate races. I mean, you're gonna see the big Third lap last it's always, week. It's always it's close to the last lap. There's, there's occasionally one in the beginning, but most of the time, it's you know, last twenty laps. There's a, there's a big one. Yeah, the um, conspiracy this past week it was out though. I even lap. read the conspiracy theorists that after all the wrecks and bad pubs and finishing under caution, that these three guys are right next to each other, rubbing tires, and 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 nobody's. You would think. That would turn into a wreck with how badly those guys want to win, and it didn't. That, yeah. Why didn't it? What do you say to the conspiracy theorists that? Uh, well, that's the that's the talent of these guys. Like how good they are. Like when you're that close, you're not going to jeopardize, you know, that bump or whatever. Now there are some that do that out of spite, <laughs> close to the end, or out of really just trying to take their shot and they just make a, a slight wrong move, they catch a fender, spin someone around, and it causes, you know, a 20-car pileup. 
I mean, that's just guys we know about there, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's just racing, dude. That that's always been racing. That is, it's the same storm on the court. Like it's part of the sport. Like, yeah, exactly. You're going to get that. And if you can't take it, pick a different damn sport. I agree. I agree. (laughs) But what were your overall thoughts on Atlanta? Oh, it was great. I I didn't watch the entire race. Um, I did watch the highlights and, and that, and that's just, I, I love races like that when they come down to a clean finish like that. You don't have these caution restarts and, you know, caution finishes, which I hate that bullshit rule that's new um, that they did. But this this is how it's supposed to finish, in my opinion. Um, and I don't care how many cautions you go through. They should get it back to where you finish this way, in my opinion, like this – I don't care if it takes six hours, take it to a long inning baseball game, like let them restart and race that final lap until mm-hmm. you see something like this, because yes. that is what's great about the sport. And they were respectful. Like I said, they, they're not going to jeopardize that win over a bump here and there. Cause that, that would cause all three of them to lose right at that point. And then, you know, John Joe from, you know, 17 cars back wins the race and he had no contention. So um, I can tell you I, as the ambivalent fan, that would be, yeah, I, used be a, I, used I mean, if it, if there's a notification restart final three laps after X amount, I would tune in to see what I just saw every fucking time. No, it's great. That yeah. was cool. and dude, and if you get into the analytics of it, especially you, Brainiac, Raj, you would love, you would love the analytics of it. I swear you would. Um, oh, I know. There's, there's so much more going in the, the strategy and the track. The, yeah, the thought of it. Two tires, four tires. You know, splash of fuel, full fuel, and and, and that so that's aerodynamics and that's that's really what they did there. The last like forty to fifty laps, they did a most drivers did a quick pit. They did yeah. four seconds of fuel just in that. And, and you see what the leaders are doing, and that, that completely changes your pit stop on based on what they're doing. So mm-hmm. there's so yeah. much strategy and, like, instantaneous thought process that goes through it. And Who's going to pit first? a great crew chief and a great pit crew that recognizes that within a split second and that can do that. I mean, you'll be pulling into pit stop, and all of a sudden they're like, you thought you were coming for four tires and a full fuel, and they're like, no, we're doing one tire or two tires and – a splash of fuel and get back on and you're done in, you know, 17 seconds. And it's, it's incredible, really the science behind it. Um, it, like I said, talking about NASCAR has got me kind of fired up about it, watching it again, just because I do remember I wasn't a fan of it because watching them go around in a circle for 400 laps, it, it just got boring. And then once you start to understand the strategy and everything behind it, then you understand okay, this is the reason they made that move. This is why they're doing that. And then you see guys sitting back, middle of the pack, the whole race, and then last 20 laps, they're in the front for a reason. Judging a book by its cover. We all do it. You know, oh, yeah, wife, sure. they didn't know anything about football. Well, it was a, it's a even the Lakers. sport per se, you know, and it's like, ah, blah, blah. But, it, man, it's, it's actually pretty intelligent sport, to be honest. And I've, I've seen some of the F1 – show on netflix and that's just like looking those at 12 million dollar machines and i'm just like 
Right. What? And like the the amount of they money don't quite wreck them like the world's greatest scientists. <laughs> no, they don't. No, 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 no. Yeah, this guy well, was like, "What button do I press for this?" And I'm just like, what? "Most of these, most of these teams that come to NASCAR races, they have three or four cars, right? So they're trying them out and they're seeing which ones running best. They have different setups on each car. They're running, seeing what setup works best for this track, you know, and they have all the data." from previous years, but everything changes. Temperature, um, humidity, all that affects everything. So there's so much science that goes into it, which is incredible to think of, you know, for some dumb redneck sport where, you know, guys run around the circle in a, in a stock car as fast as it can. It's way more than that. Well, well, speaking of all of that, it's all about to head into the world's best and worst city on earth. And that is uh, Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's the 400. I can't remember. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you guys like in this and why? I mean, we talked about humidity and and obviously it's very dry there and the heat. What, who, what type of cars do you expect to see do well? Who's done the best? Uh, who do you guys like in this race? And it could be part of Bet Your Nuts, but maybe give a few guys to look out for I, I think you look at Denny Hamlin, who has had a pretty frustrating first two races. He he got wrecked last week. He was involved with a couple spinouts. Uh, this guy, if you've watched the Netflix documentary, he's cocky, but he's good. He backs it up. And um, he's he's fallen short in the last couple of weeks, and he's been there. He just couldn't uh, get over the finish line. So he's somebody that I, I really look to to make some noise. The Toyota cars in general, uh, Tyler Reddick uh, was involved in, in the massive wreck in Daytona. He was running top 10, got knocked out. Last week, third lap of the race, he was basically wiped out. So um, here's, a, here's a driver that finished in the top five last, last season who hasn't got off the schneid, hasn't had the ability to get off the schneid. So I, I I think you're looking at the number 45 car to to make some noise. The Toyotas in general, the 23-11 racing led by Michael Jordan and the aforementioned Denny Hamlin. So look for them to make some noise uh, going into Las Vegas. Writing that down. Chain? Uh, I mean, the repeat winner potentially, William Byron. I mean, he won last year in Vegas, um, knows the track well. Uh, I think he's got a really good shot uh, to repeat. I mean, he's in odds right now. He is uh, plus 250 to to finish top three. So, I, I mean, he's obviously favored in, in that top tier, and everyone knows what happens at the last two, three laps. So, he'll be right there. Um, I, I could easily see him repeating. I love it. I know we went a little long after the NFL and going into this, and Robbie was pissed off because he wanted to do bet your nuts, but did Robbie take off? Did he have to go? His roommate, i.e. wife, uh, definitely runs a show. I think his computer died on him. So, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the guy that owns like 10 properties as an attorney and – you, you never heard of a plug, but 
Um, well, let's fucking let's do it, dude. Let's get into bet your nuts. It's time for bet your nuts. Who's going to – I'll go first quickly. Um, I'm scared of this game because Loyola Chicago has been playing pretty well until just getting their ass kicked um, at St. Bonaventure. And I have a very good friend who is a Dayton Flyer. Um, So I'm going to take tomorrow night the Dayton Flyers minus one and a half on the road at Loyola Chicago. Mm. Let's go. uh, Who's next? Since I'm next to you on the screen, I'll, I'll go. Uh, kind of piggyback off of what I said earlier. You know, I like Denny Hamlin in this race. Uh, you can't go to keep a good man down, and I, I think the number 11 car comes through, uh, currently sitting at plus 1,000 to win the race, and uh, the Toyotas are at plus 170 to win. So I'm, I'm back in those to- Toyotas, even though I don't drive one, and I never will. I like plus their cars. 1, I like their drivers. Uh, plus 1,000 for the number 11 car. The, the number 11 FedEx Toyota. I, uh, oh, I love – I'm a big fan of assholes. My wife used to be, not anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, I'd, I'd love to see that guy win. It's good for racing. Yes, it is. I'm going to go uh, – I've got one golf, obviously, that I was going to do. But talking this whole NASCAR thing and looking at the lines – I really love that uh, William Byron, you know, top three finish at 750. I, I think that's a lock, dude. I, I really think so. Um, mm. You know, w- with his repeat is very potential. It, his chances to win are only plus 850. So you you take that ratio to, to top three. I, I really like those numbers. Um, kind of the same thing here in golf. Uh, Cameron Young, he is one back on the lead right now. Um, seven unders a lead. He's six under. Second round leader, he's plus 700 uh, to take over. And there's a couple rookies in front of him, some, some people that haven't won tournaments yet. So I like him to finish second round as the leader at plus 700 because to win the whole thing, he's, he's plus 750. So – that's pretty good odds there, in my opinion. Um, so th- those are my two bet your nuts. I love it. I'm seeing Byron at, at plus 900 for the winner. I'm trying to find the top three, but this is on bet MGM. I've got um, – it's on Caesars. I've got Larson, Bell, and Byron in the top three. Larson oh, yeah. is plus 425. Bell's plus 800. Byron's plus 850. Robbie Robbie is taking the 2023 Cup champion, Ryan Blaney, who finished okay. second last week to uh, take home the checkered flag. Blaney's plus 900, so. Damn, dude, those seems like really high odds for really good racers. Well, it's, it's, it's always plus money. It's always super high plus money because it's, it's just crazy. Like like I said, last three laps, you never know. Anything can Young happen. Christopher Bell, right? Chris Bell's the young kid, right? Yeah. Chris Bell, yeah. 850. I love it. All right, dude. 
Well, I may bet auto racing for the first time in my fucking life. And if I don't <laughs> spontaneously combust, then, uh, and if I do, the shows will get shorter. So win, win. But uh, let's, uh, Tom, you run the show. Let's get into final words. Final words for me. And I know we don't talk this sport enough, Raj. I know uh, you have some interest in it. But what Detroit fans experienced this past weekend, uh, the word I will say before I go into this video clip, showtime. Here's the clip. Got it through for Sherrod. Dylan Larkin near side. Left for him. Larkin gets the speed going. Back pass, Kate. He scores! What a setup! What a goal! Showtime! 2-1! Redwood with Kane in Chicago! That's a that's a thirty three and twenty one team. That's the best hockey city in America. I thought I was watching Iserman to Fedorov right there. That was a an, a beautiful drop pass and leaving the puck and and just oh, it's great. Patrick game. Kane. Patrick Kane has been with the Red Wings for about a month and a half. Thirty six yeah, years old, coming hard. off of uh, basically exploratory hip surgery. So you didn't know what kind of a player you were getting. The the Wings went after his guy, uh, Alex DeBrinkett, last season in, in uh, free agency. Him and Kane played together in Chicago. They were a tandem. Kane is here because of DeBrinkett's here. And he has been all as advertised. Showtime Kane goes into Chicago his first time Back in Chicago after 16 years, three cups. I mean, he's probably the greatest American-born hockey player to ever lace up skates in the NHL. And it was a storybook ending. Overtime, breakaway, it was unbelievable. But what it's what's happened here, it sparked the Red Wings again. It's hockey town again. Uh, it's buzzing, and it's on the, the tail end of what the Lions did. So this city has been in the doldrums for many years and and between the lions between what the red wings are doing right now and the hope for the tigers man it, it's exciting around here enough so that we booked a trip to nashville in march to see the red wings play at bridgestone so i can't wait for that it's going to be awesome it's going to great be hockey arena like i said it sucks now that they're good and have been good because i i sat against the glass back in the day for like 70 bucks and now it's like 500 for those seats. I'm like, God yep. damn inflation and success. So, so the caravan will be coming down to Nashville next month. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hockey's better with the Lions, but chain. Redwood, please. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That Again, hockey's another sport that um, if, if you just see it on, on the surface, it just looks like, you know, they're slinging pucks back and forth, but there's so much that goes into that with the lines and changing and, you know, uh, a lot of that, but I digress. Uh, final words. I'm just going to go back to this storm in the court thing. Cause it's just pissing me off, man. I like 
what are we really doing? Like, this is just, in my opinion, it's nothing but clickbait. I mean, people are getting butt hurt because they lost. Uh, same with, it started with Caitlin Clark. And I'm taking nothing away from her. She is a phenomenal mm-hmm. basketball player. Not just woman, basketball player. Phenomenal. Um, but again, video evidence showed um, she kind of initiated contact. The same with the Duke dude. Like, just, I mean, stop, guys. Come on. Just take it on the chin. You lost. It sucks. It hurts. Uh, there's no reason to draw more attention to something that's a, a sore for you. So suck it up. Be real athletes. Move on and improve it on the court next time. Or the ice or the field or whatever you want to do. Or the links. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I respect your opinion. We're going to talk more about this as we go on because um, – it's interesting and it's the off season, but I have a few other takes on that. But um, my final words are involving leap year and uh, producer Tom extraordinaire, Tom, if if you will, I'll describe this picture. Um, One of my best friends, Eli was born on leap year in 1976. We met when I was five and We used to make him cry when we were in elementary school by singing, Eli's only two years old, two years old. And he'd be like, shut (laughs) up. Well, when he turned 30, he was the only Clipper fan I ever knew. He was one of those kids that always took the opposite because everybody in LA is a Laker fan. And they were 12 and 70 with Joe Wolf. There's their leading scorer. And we're calling Jim Rome. And he's the only one asking about, how do you think the Clippers are going to do? And Rome's like – trying not to blow him up when he was on the mighty 690 back in the day in San Diego. But uh, I decided to get him the birthday package uh, with the Clippers when he turned eight, i.e. 32 and (laughs) told them he was eight and I didn't lie. And his name was on the big board and the Clipper girls came to our seats with balloons and pom poms, like ready to take photo op pictures. And, I can't That's believe a big eight year old. <laughs> yeah, dude, we were eight beers deep, not eight years old. And yeah, they the face the faces on like I and I had to say it's not creepy. He's leapier, like because at first they thought we were like just trying to get them over and then murder them or something. But uh, no, and, and now the time period that Clippers jumbotron saying his name can drive a car. It's been sixteen years which fucking trips me out, but it is one of his real birthdays like the Olympics. Happy 12th birthday, Eli. Um, I can't really do any more jumbotrons because it's never going to be like the time when the Clipper girls saw two drunk (laughs) (laughs) eight-year-olds. Only you, Raj. Only you. Love it. Well said, buddy. Oh, It was outstanding. But anyways, for all of us, Great show. You knew we were going to get talking, especially with all this legal opinionated liability shit and free agency and an amazing finish that I'll even say I loved at Atlanta. I'm starting to like racing. Please kill me for myself, Raj. I'm telling you, don't judge it. I'm not judging it. I'm more judging myself for For myself, for Robbie, who doesn't know how to plug in a fucking computer or pay an electricity bill despite being worth God knows what. For uh, a highly impassioned Brandon Chain today, uh, 
usually who cannot be as a business owner and, and a golfer extraordinaire. So I love to see it. And for the guy behind the curtain, for the Wizard of Oz, Tom, uh, resurgence in Detroit, Sloan. Again, I'm Raj. Thank you for watching. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers.